Welcome to the Yacht Rock Show with your captain, Eddie Gans, with first mate Joe Carlisle and Samir at the wheel. And here's your host, Eddie Gans. Well, hello, my friends, and we are back. We are here. We, we are. We really are back. We really are back. Last week we were back, but it right. was halfway. Right. Now we're back. Care to explain, Joe? We're in the studio. That's right. After two years. We are having weird deja vu. Yeah, I feel like it's flashbacks. two years ago. Samir looks the same. Yeah. Looks good. Samir looks good. Hasn't changed one itty, itty bitty. He hasn't said that we look the same or look I good, know, so I, I don't think we do. <laughs> Oh God! The place looks good. He's got some interesting new gear. New gear. So nice flying uh, fader board there. But we're good. So folks, um, yeah, the, as promised from last week. As promised, we have a great singer. This guy for me is. Uh, I remember when this song first came out in 1981. I'm talking about Eric Tag. Who's Eric Tag? Well, Eric Tag and Lee Rittenauer had a big hit in 1981. Off of the Rit album, right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe this is the one that really put him on the map. Uh, and I'm talking about Is It You? And then there was Mr. Briefcase. And, right, al- and right. also. Which you've played a lot. Yeah. And also, Mr. Briefcase was played on MTV. Come on. How crazy is That's that? That's crazy. That's nuts. You sure it wasn't VH1? No. Well, maybe later. But in the beginning, when they didn't have that many videos, these guys got on there. It's it's unbelievable. Wow, that's amazing. Eighty one, yeah, I guess they needed it. Eighty one, they needed it. Eighty one was the birth of it, so that's right. They needed videos. That's that's amazing. And I remember the the video of Mr. Briefcase. Funny. So, folks, uh, without any further, we're gonna get started with the badass singer. I love his phrasing. Oh, he's so good, this guy. As a singer to another singer, I I must admit, I he definitely influenced the way I sing. Yeah, I hear it. Right? You hear it. You know. He's got very slick. Well, I'll tell him when he when he's on. All right, folks, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Tag. Eric, Eddie, Mr. Eric Tag. Hello. So listen, first of all, so I want to get started. Um, obviously, uh, I want to. There's a story that I think I read about you, how you got started in the business can you take us back before is it you and all that how you you know how you got started in in the whole music business scene how did you uh, start oh my god uh i'll try to give you a condensed condensed version of course i was already a musician okay when i got as you call it started i've been playing in bands for i don't know five or six seven years before i uh, my dad gave me a ticket to Europe instead of uh, a college education. He, uh, wow. I didn't want to go to college, so he said, well, why don't you get a street education? Wow. Those were his exact words. Then he gave me a ticket to uh, landed in Amsterdam. Wow. And uh, he gave, and I had a uh, train pass <clears throat> that was good for 13 countries. This was back in 1973. Okay. Nice. So I was, I just turned 20, 20 years old. And, uh, and, uh, I traveled around Europe by train, which was fantastic because since I wasn't a student, I had to buy a first class, uh, first class train pass. So I had nobody in the car with me. I was totally, I could sleep there if I wanted in the train on the way to somewhere, or I could uh, get out my, trusty flute that I brought with me in my backpack and mm-hmm. I played flute while the countryside was going by and I uh, traveled for a couple of months that way and uh, staying in hostels and stuff you know how you do right but I was traveling alone and uh, I kept going back to Holland because it just seemed so uh, I got with a well the, the story you probably want to hear is I was sleeping in a, uh, a park in Amsterdam uh, habitually and uh, saved a lot of money that way <laughs> but uh, I slept on top of my money I used it as a pillow and I and I slept <laughs> on it and so <laughs> you gave me that much I money uh, I had traveler's checks and uh, and uh, you know train the problem was he gave you all change <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I woke up one morning and the, my pillow was gone. Ooh, so, oh, yeah. I had a oh, feeling. My, 
Yeah. ID, passport, traveler's checks, oh uh, plane God. ticket, home, everything. And so I didn't want to call my dad. You know, I was I was very ashamed. And uh, and so uh, I borrowed 15 guilders from a, a guy that I had met in a bar in Amsterdam on the Prince of Gracht. And uh, I put an ad in the music paper. They had a they had a Dutch music paper, right. and I had somebody write the ad for me. It said uh, American musician. Uh, looking for work, you know, keyboards, bass, uh, I don't know, flute, whatever uh, instruments I, I played. And uh, I got one reply to this ad of <laughs> the whole country. I got one reply, and it was a band that needed uh, needed some help, you know, the things I could do vocally mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, on keyboards and stuff. So I got with this band. They all spoke Dutch, hmm. and I didn't speak Dutch yet. And so... Uh, you know, everybody can speak English, so it was it was pretty easy. But you know, I wanted to learn how to speak Dutch, you know, so I could communicate with these guys. And I had to learn all the musical notes over again because an A is an A uh, and an E is an oh, A. Oh yeah, wow. And so when they say give me an E, I mean give me an A, they mean give me an E. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that's confusing as hell. That is crazy. Well, so um, we made some uh, records and stuff just for the Dutch. Uh, public and uh, wow. uh i guess sooner or later after about a year the um the band broke up and uh but we had a manager see i didn't have any equipment and uh their manager bought a keyboard mics speakers everything that i needed mm -hmm. so i had this whole setup and, was it uh, original songs eric yeah they played wrote original songs they needed a lot of help with their lyrics and uh oh, okay. they were good musicians that's that was the good part they were pretty good musicians and uh anybody we would know or, or no well is that the group that was beehive is that the group you're talking about yeah beehive yeah. Uh, the drummer's name was um was paul van wageningen and he has played oh yeah uh, i people. know him <laughs> i'm kidding and, i'm kidding <laughs> and uh, anyway well i Anyway, I should tell you the part how I started living with Paul was because, uh, and his mother, was because uh, during the band's uh, time together, I stayed in a little room in Amsterdam. It cost me $25 a month. Jeez. I had this room right in the center of town, right in the center on the light supply near the museums. So I had this great location for $25 a month. Anyway... One night I was uh, I was cold. It was real cold in November, and uh, I didn't have any heat in there, so I kept this electric space heater on. And uh, they tell you to turn it off before you go to sleep, of course, right? So uh, <clears throat> I didn't turn it off, and uh, the pillow fell off my bed while I was sleeping, and it rested next to that to that electric heater. Ooh. And after uh, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, cause I don't know, because I was asleep, but it got so hot that it exploded in flames. Oh, and uh, there was flames all over the room. I woke up. I didn't know what was going on. I, I saw I saw the devil in the corner, and he said, I've got you. Oh, anyway, man. he was. then that disappeared, and I realized it was real. It was all real. It wasn't a dream. My leg was burning, and so I tried to stamp out these flames and i only uh, burned myself back up the truck you said you saw well he was probably half in half out of a dream state and thought he saw the devil because it is it is fire that's, that's pretty and brimstone that's yeah. pretty scary i saw the devil okay. i saw the devil wow. when he said oh, wow. i got so you, you. Really? Oh, wow <laughs> anyway so um this this room was up four stories in a in a uh, in a house it was up four stories uh-huh so I couldn't just, uh, my door was locked, and um, the keys to the door to get out of there were in my pants burning on the floor. So uh, mm. I couldn't get out of there without breaking my door. So I, I opened the one window that I, I only had one room, and this room had a, a stereo, an acoustic guitar, and a sink. So, you know, I had a sink with water, and I, that's, that's, that's it. So I had to eat at the Chinese restaurant down the street and the, you know, wow. restaurants and I'd have to, uh, you know, use their bathroom while I was there. But it was still worth it to have that room because it was so great a location. But um, anyway, now it's burning, right? And everything in it is burning. And so all I had to do was go out the window because uh, that's the only 
exit I had, and uh, there was a little windowsill on the outside up four stories where I could I could stand if I held on to the window. Right. I could stand, and uh, I was trying to decide where to jump to, and I had to jump across an alley. And there was a there was a building two stories down. I could jump on the roof two. So then it was only a two story drop instead of a four story drop. Wow. So. I was contemplating that jump. I didn't know if I'd make it all the way across the alley uh, with the jump, but uh, but uh, at that time, I uh, all of a sudden I looked down and I was in the air and I was seeing this guy in his underwear standing on this windowsill outside the window, and I realized it was me. I was looking down on me. Oh. I saw myself. Oh goodness! And. Uh, but at that time, I wasn't panicked anymore because when I saw myself, it was kind of humorous. Uh, and and it was a guy. It was me. And he was yelling. I was yelling to a night watchman across this courtyard. Right. And uh, I was yelling what I thought was the word for fire in Dutch <laughs> because I'd heard people saying it in the bars when they when they wanted uh, a light. They'd say, I'm behind Lucifer. So I started wow. screaming, Lucifer. Whoa. Lucifer and um, I got the I got the watchman's attention. And I guess he was the one that called the fire department. But uh, Lucifer's is the Dutch word for matches. So mm. there I was. <laughs> after having you know seen the devil, there I was screaming his name at the window. But anyway, uh, so I outside the window, I came back into my body. Mm. This is real, and and uh, I knew exactly what I had to do. So I reached inside the window where the sink was, and if I reached all the way, I could turn on the water and start splashing the fire with my hand. Mm -hmm. And then I would lean back out and get some air, and then because it was pretty smoky, and then wow. uh, lean back in and 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 uh, splash the water. That pretty much put the sucker out. Okay, but oh, yeah. that's the time uh -huh. that the fire department came and uh -huh. knocked my door down, and they uh, quote unquote rescued me. Right, but. Uh, there was only a few little fires inside the walls that uh, were still burning, but um, pretty much had put it out. But it had burned everything in the room. Wow, that's interesting. So, they, I'm, they I'm sorry to have drudged up all these memories. We asked, so your humble beginnings, and little did we know we were going to get this. <laughs> wow. Um, but hopefully, you can get to I, the happy ending here at some yeah. point. Yeah, this is how I got started, supposedly in the music business, as, as you put it. But uh, anyway, um, I. I had, had to talk to the fire people, and they were mad at me, of course, and uh, I didn't speak Dutch, so they uh, they got out of me that I was an American you know, musician and stuff, and they thought I was on drugs because well, I had course. inhaled so much smoke and everything. I was totally out of it. But anyway, uh, they just left. Everyone just left. They said, you got to leave town. Just get out of here. Just don't ever come back to Amsterdam. Oh, my God. Wow. But anyway, and you all the people outcast. that lived... All the people that lived in the building were on the stairs. You know, this is like three, four in the morning. So right, I don't know. Right. But it woke everybody up, of course, and they, they all went back in their homes, and everybody went home, and there I was just standing there with these burned pants on that I got on the, off the floor. Yeah. And so to leave town, I had to wait for the trams to start running at right. 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. I forget what it was. but mm -hmm. I, So I got on this tram with my burned clothes and just black, and, you know, I was covered with ash and everything. But uh, all these businessmen on the tram were, like, looking at me. They had their briefcase, you know. And but uh, that's how I started living with Paul from Wachening. And... Uh, and uh, he was in the band. And so uh, I lived there for a few months with him. He had a little brother named Mark. And I gave him his first bass lesson while I lived with him. And he became a bass player. He was about 15 at the time. He became a bass player, and he's now playing with Tower of Power. Oh. What's the name again? So, Mark von Wageningen. Hmm. Looks like Wageningen. Wageningen. But anyway, you said, was there anybody well-known in the band? Yeah. Well, both those guys were pretty well-known. Paul yeah. has since passed away, but he played, mm -hmm. lived in San Francisco and played with a bunch of people out there. And uh, his brother as well moved to San Francisco, so he started playing with Tower of Power after, oh, wow. I don't know, many years. It took many years to get 
to get that gig, but I was so surprised that he still played bass after. Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. I didn't see him for 40, 40 years or so, but. Wow. Uh, Wow. Anyway, that's... Uh, but that wasn't the, the end of your, your stint in, in Holland, even though they told you to leave. You stayed, right? Because you did Rainbow Train eventually was a Holland group too, wasn't it? Rainbow Train was the... Well, the, the name of the manager, his studio, was uh, Rainbow Studios, and that was in The Hague, which is, uh, I don't know, an hour south of Amsterdam. Right. So after a while, I decided to move to... Uh, after living with Paul in Amsterdam, I decided to uh, give him a break and move to uh, Rainbow Studio in The Hague. So I lived in the studio for five months, just slept next to a pinball machine. Wow. And uh, they had a grand piano there, and it was right. I could walk to the beach if I wanted. I could walk to this forest. I could walk everywhere wow. from the studio. It was a real nice part of town, past the... Uh, the Peace Palace that is now the International Court of Justice or something. And you, from there, you go to Scheveningen, and then you're at the beach. So I had this great location. I could walk around, get an ideas, and come back to a grand piano and write songs. So it was an ideal situation for me. And uh, I wrote all these songs. Anyway, uh, since we lived in a studio, uh, I uh, started working with a guy named Shel Schelkens, and he was a drummer as well, but he was a good engineer. So we put this demo tape together. We had, I guess, 10 or 12 songs that we, it took us a couple of months to, to put it together. But uh, mm -hmm. but uh, the manager guy that lived upstairs, he owned all these jeans stores. Uh, he was a millionaire, by the way, right. and he sold a lot of clothes. And he had signed me on as his jeans buyer. And that's how I got a work permit to stay in Holland. Because you can only stay there for three months uh, and before they tell you to leave. It's right. kind of like here, but uh, yeah, yeah. they actually enforce it over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here they are. So I had this work permit. And, uh, and uh, so the manager took our demo tape around to these different labels and uh, got a label interested. And uh, I met them and everything. And they... Uh, they decided to send me to Los Angeles to make my first solo album. Oh, nice. That's the 1975 so, album, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, in January of 75, on my 20... What was, was it, 75? On my 22nd birthday, hmm. I flew to Los Angeles to... Uh, to play with somebody I didn't know who it was going to be. We had a we had a L.A. producer named uh, John D'Andrea, mm -hmm. and uh, he worked with the Scotty Brothers, who also oh, them, I guess oh, they you know the Scotty, I know yeah. Scotty Brothers. Yeah. You know oh, Scotty Brothers. Label, right? Okay. Yeah. They were trying to get me to be like Barry Manilow. They started playing Barry Manilow songs. Oh, I think no. Mandy Mandy had just come out that song Mandy. Right, right, right. They oh. wanted me to be that. You know, I said, "Look, I'm not, I'm not him." But anyway, right. The the, uh, the musicians that were on the session that first day were Jeff Pacero, yeah, Mike Pacero, his little brother. Oh that, my that God. was David that Foster was his, too, right? David Foster was on the date, and so was Lee Rittenauer. Oh right. man! Wow. And these were Sweet. these were unknown guys, right? I had asked for Buzzy Feetin. I, I knew Buzzy Buzz Feetin. Oh yeah, yeah, really? <laughs> wow. And he wasn't available, so they came up with this guy named Lee Rittenauer, and uh, <laughs> just a single-scale guy. But they were they were fantastic, of course, you oh know. Of course. And um, so the after the sessions were over, we it took about three days to get all these rhythm tracks down. But mm -hmm. uh, Lee Rittenauer kept coming by after his other sessions. He would come back to the studio and say, "Hey, how's it going? I want to hear what's I want to hear what it's turning into." So he. He really liked the stuff, and he kept coming back and just to see how it was sounding. So that's, I made sure. Yeah, the apparently, that's where you forged there's your friendship. There's the connection, right? right? Yeah, that's. I guess that's it. And and I didn't see him again because you know I went back to Holland and mm -hmm. everything, and and I didn't see him till 1976. So that was uh, about uh, next the next year, I guess. Uh, I went up to New York. I was shopping some tapes, trying to trying to get a deal over here in America. And uh, I had moved back to Texas after three years in Holland. I moved back to my hometown, Dallas, Texas. And anyway, I was in L.A. and uh, was, I was 
trying to find a deal. I went to New York to meet with Atlantic Records. And uh, and while I was there, guess who was playing in town at the bottom line club? Lee Rittenauer. Uh-huh. So I made a, made a point to go out and see him. And I, I got back and talked to him after the show. He was with Abraham and uh, Patrice Abraham. Russian, Alex Acuna. Wow. Uh, All these anyway, horrible great players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. But anyway, uh, we we hooked back up, and he said, "Hey, Tag, send me a send me a demo. Of your new songs, you know, maybe mm. we can do something." So at that point, uh, I went back to Dallas. I was with a band called Buster Brown in Dallas. Uh, they played R and B kind of dance oriented original songs and you know regular dance tunes that people know. But uh, I had them work up this song called Mr. Briefcase, and it had uh-huh. this real real hopping bass line you know with a lot of slap and stuff we had this guy uh, named lewis nichols that could just play that stuff down i mean and so he really came up with that whole bass line and uh so the tape i sent out to written hour had that song on it uh and i think three or four other songs but uh i guess that's when written hour decided that i could help him with his lyrics uh. <laughs> but Anyway, um, so Mr. Briefcase, Eric, Mr. Briefcase is penned exclusively by you, or did Rit add anything? Yeah, no, that's that's my team. Oh, great! And, we play uh, that. We play that so much on this show. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, good. Well, yeah, that goes back, goes back to seventy-five or so. I guess. Excellent. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I if was you noticed, th- if you noticed an uptick in the royalty checks, that's because us. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That man. was you guys. Well, that's right. us exclusively. I, I kid you not. On the on my yacht rock station, it, it's on heavy rotation. Uh, you know, oh, I, cool. I, I love that song. And isn't it true that that video was playing on MTV? Did okay, you, that right? actually became yeah. Well, it became a sing, single. Yeah. In England. Only in England, mm-hmm. and we didn't. We never played there, so we didn't push it or anything. But uh, no, in America, the first single was "Is It You?" Is it and, you? Right. Oh, but they had made a video. They uh, made a video. Electra, That's right. Electra Asylum yeah. made a video right. called "Mr. Briefcase," That's where right. they acted it all out. And you everything. remember that? You remember that was it? the first day of M. Uh, it was the first day of MTV. That wow. That's, that's crazy. Well, that it, oh, it played on the same day that they, because they, you know, historically, Video Killed the Radio Star is the first video that played. <laughs> you tell me it played that same day? <laughs> the same day. That's yeah. great. Wow. wow. You're part of him MTV history, Eric. He is, man. That's great. And it was, you know, actually a professional video yeah. with actors and all that stuff. That's you right. know, it was was that, but, but you, Eric, you were in it, correct? I was outside the window. Uh, so that tells you in his underwear standing on the ledge the importance <laughs> I played that's funny in that but I was outside the window singing and if you look really close you can see me out there singing uh, okay cool that's great <laughs> but I'm kind of proud of that yeah man <laughs> you should be that's great love that so then you said you came to New York and is that where because I noticed you formed a band in New York around 78 called Medusa yeah, that was a couple of years later that okay. uh, John John Lee and Jerry Brown, who uh, drummer and bass player extraordinaires, that uh, I guess, uh, well, Jerry Brown plays with uh, with Diana Ross. That's where that's where he ended up is with Diana Ross, and John Lee played with Dizzy Gillespie after that. But they formed this rock band. Okay, at the time they wanted to play. These are two black guys. They're really good at what they do, but they wanted to play rock. Right. Yeah like Hendrix type stuff oh, so wow um, they brought me up there to do some lyrics and um, they had this chick singer that could scream okay and so all the songs were really for her to sing so that that's where that came from and I was just writing lyrics but I ended up being part of the band because I could play some keyboards and stuff so we actually did some showcases up there uh, we practiced in a little warehouse on 28th and 8th and uh, they called it a loft. And down the lo- down the hall, I could hear this horrible band playing. And I said, if that band ever makes it, I'm quitting music. It was the police. It was Blondie. Oh. She was on the cover of either Life or Newsweek, like within six months. She was of on course. the cover of Life magazine. <laughs> Oh, so, did you eat your I, words, I huh? the, Eric? Well, there was a thing there. It was a Lower yeah. East Side. That's why I said the police, because I wasn't far off, because they were all playing CBGBs at the time, you know? 
well, you know, you sound bad when you rehearse and everything. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I give them a break. But they sounded so bad. I said, if they ever make it, I'm quitting. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't quit, but uh, I always remember that. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I jumped ahead. Actually, ahead. there was in '77. Yeah. You really you had your other solo album, Rendezvous. Yeah, that wasn't right. connected to the. It wasn't connected to the first album, so it was a completely different. It label. was completely different, yeah. And uh, the producer on that project was one of my best friends over there, named Hans Vermeerle. And uh, he could sing, he could play guitar, and so he became the producer of that album because you know they needed somebody to kind of be a babysitter on the whole thing. And he brought this uh, suitcase full of cash to Dallas. And I'd, I'd worked up these songs with uh, my brother and a bunch of Dallas guys. And uh, so when he came to town, we were ready to play. And uh, and he booked the studio, and we, we did the rhythm tracks. And Hans, um, he bought the uh, Dallas Symphony. <laughs> we had, uh, we wow. had the symphony in there, and we had right. a brass section. We had brass and strings and background vocals and nice. and so we we spent that cash really well it was a lot of fun <laughs> i'm sure was that the first so time that, you had worked with your brother larry on something significant? that's the first and and uh i think i worked with him one other time wow. on my last, so last we're, album we're gonna, we're gonna touch on yeah that. but growing up did you guys i mean before you even went to holland and when your father gave you all the cash how did you and larry get involved in music in say how, how early was it like grammar school your freshman year of high school yeah uh, i was 14 when uh, i got first band together uh -huh. larry uh played bass and he uh left it lying around so i uh, picked it up when he wasn't around yeah and i i put on the records all the records i liked at the time and learned all the bass parts that sounds exactly like my story <laughs> my really? older brother was a bass player. He okay. left the case. He left That's the case right. unlocked, and I just kept sneaking it out. Yeah. And now yeah. he doesn't play anymore, and I'm a bass player. Yeah. yeah. You know, an easy way to learn uh, bass parts off records: slow them down or speed them up. Speed them up to speed 45. Up. Yeah, I used to do both. <laughs> and uh, when you play it, you, know, you can hear the bass so clear. Yeah, the, when you and speed it up, the bass comes out, it just jumps out of the track. That's funny. You know, when you speed it up, it go. It takes the song up a fourth. So in other words, mm. if it was in C, you're now in F. Right. So all you have to do is move down a yeah, just move down a string. Down. You're on the same fret and everything. You just move down a string. Down a string, that's right? The, that's the bass part. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, that's, yeah, that's a little that trick. So let me. Little, I want to go back. I want to go back. So you. So that first solo album comes out. And we're talking about what's the name again of that Joe? Uh, that's Smiling Memories, right? Smiling Eric? Memories. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that album comes out. What happened to that album? Uh, did, did, did the out? Did the company record company get behind it? They didn't. What's the story? No, they were they were very excited about it, but okay. you know, it's it was uh, it's the EMI uh, affiliate in Holland. They're called uh, uh, Bovema, B-O-V-E-M-A. Okay. And I guess they, um, you know, they they were trying their best. So we put a band together over there. Uh, I was still living there, uh -huh. and we we uh, opened up for some big acts in uh, in the states in Holland. Oh, in Holland. No, in oh, Holland. Yeah. Did you do any touring in the states with that for the album? No, because it never came out. The um, ah, capital. That's my capital, question. Okay. Capital had an option on it, and they and they uh, and they passed. Ah. So, so that was I didn't have a Mandy on there. Oh, no. I see, I see, I see, I see. So that never never came about, and you know the Holland it, it sold records in Holland, but that was the only place it was for sale. Okay, so, so we move after, on. So we move on to the second album after that, which was yeah, Rendezvous. 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 What, what what was the story with Rendezvous? Well, like I said, it, it was just an opportunity that presented itself. You need to be ready if you get a chance, you know. So uh, this was just my friend coming over with a with a bag full of cash. Ah, and, okay. Uh, right. And, right. And, uh, right. Right. The same story with that one. It was I the mean, same we story. Were, they in the states they didn't release it. Never, never did anywhere but Holland. Wow. Uh, wow. Well, sooner or later, uh, Japan came out with the CDs. You know. Yeah, I think it was almost the 90s or 80s or 90s by then, but uh, right. they brought those albums out again on CD. 
So that's the only other, uh, as far as I know, that's the only other place that came out officially. What a shame that they, you know, I hate that the record companies were stupid back then, you know. So then you didn't have an American release until Dreamwalking, right? That's right. Uh, oh, wow. Went from 77 the to... Dreamwalking is slamming, man. Yeah, Even to this day, that album is fresh. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the yachtiest album. It's right? so yachty, that album, <laughs> Eric. I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you, it still sounds fresh, man. And we're talking 1982. That's, yeah, well, you know? 81. Was 81. The, the Rit album okay. was 81, and then Rit 2 was 82. Okay, so... Oh, so it was between right. there or around so, the So, okay, here's what I want to... So, Rit... Uh, that album where is it you so how did that come about did written uh, lee say give me some songs he did correct no lee uh, just had me out there for lyrics and so i went oh. out there i heard all the songs okay. and uh and i you know i wrote lyrics that was basically basically what i was doing out there and they had mm. a song it was already called is it you because bill champlin one of my heroes okay yeah he's great love bill since 1969 i followed him well, he's, he's just a hero to me anyway. But uh, that first album, Loosen Up Naturally, by the Sons of Champlin. Yes. It's yes. a classic. Classic. It's my, one of the classics in my life. Absolutely. It, it came out the same day as the first Chicago album. All right, oh. They're both horn bands. Oh. One of them was with uh, Capitol. The other was with Columbia. That's right. They came out the same day. Oh. In a, in a, and they were both double albums. That was the wild thing. They're both double albums for unknown group. And uh, well, needless to say, who won the battle of the bands for that? But yeah. uh, <laughs> but I I did like the Chicago album. But I I loved the the uh, Suns album. So uh, man, that was like a bible to me. And for a while as a musician, and sure. uh, since he had worked on this tune, uh, is it you? I, uh, I took special care for the Lee project to make sure that was a, a good lyric. or trying to you know get the best I could best I could do for that one, but it had already been started with Bill and Lee. So what they did was they changed the chorus to the bridge or something, and then they turned the you know they just turned the chorus into a is it you thing with a little guitar riff. So you know I didn't know how. Um, hooky that was but uh, yeah the, the chorus became the bridge and the and the, the chorus uh had to be written new and all it said was is it you wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway that we didn't know that was a single till you know electra came out with that idea so but okay. at that that gave me a chance to um you know when we recorded it i'd never met bill champlin he was there in the studio uh -huh. so um uh, you know i was I was uh, very happy to meet him, and and the first thing he said was, "So you're going to sing this thing, and I'll and I'll do all the backgrounds." Wow! And I said, "What?" And he said, oh. "Yeah, I think you, I think you, I don't know how he'd heard me sing, but he yeah, said, I was going to ask you, how would he have made that?" Decision? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to uh, take a night off and do the backgrounds. I think, but uh, wow. Anyway, so I had to sing the thing in front of Bill Champlin. He was sitting there looking at me the whole time. <laughs> So wow. that was kind of scary. But, uh, <laughs> and you still knocked it yeah. out of the park. And you killed it, my friend. <laughs> well, that was, that was a great day in, in, uh, in my, my life. You influenced you know. me, my friend. I, I remember when yeah, that Yeah, Eddie's a singer. Eddie's a professional yeah. singer himself. I'm a singer, and I tell you, man. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, brother. I've, oh, wow. I've loved that song for years, man. When that came out in 81, I was blown away, man. Blown away. Good About, deal. Uh, your phrasing is impeccable. Yeah. And you have this great sounding pop appealing. It's you know, it's like a Peter Cetera type of signature voice that you have. Uh, I, it just blew me away, bro. I, I love what you've done. And, and Dreamwalking, love it, love it, love what you do, my friend. You're up there with the Daryl Halls. You're up there with you know Gino Vanelli. That's that's no, I the category. That, man. That's the category I put you there in, seems, my friend. There seems to be a small graduating class of guys in that little area of yeah, time yeah. that sounded like that. Like you got you know I'm sure you know Joe yeah. Pizzullo, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it was kind of like yeah. in that James Ingram kind of thing where there was like a jazz thing going on in the background and a pop vocal up front. 
It kind of is, you, you, nice. you're in that small graduating class of those guys. That's right. Well, that was the same time that Ingram came yeah. out with the yeah. Just Once. Just I think Just right. Once was right. out right. there at the same time. Yeah, That's I met right. James over at over at Quincy's office one day. Really? And uh, there was James. So, man, I, I'm, I'm so proud to have met him oh, in yeah. my life. But guess yeah. where I was when I first heard Is It You on the radio? Where? Your parents' house. I, when I go back to Dallas, I I had two jobs. I had uh, a nightclub job at night, and I had a day job, which was on a landscape team. And so I was I was usually digging holes and stuff, planting plants. But this day, I was uh, picking up trash in a shopping center. Wow! And they had that little uh, PA outside, you know, on the sidewalk there. Oh my God! And they I started playing. That. They no, played that's that a great song. story. What a great story, Eric, man! And I yelled out, "That's me! That's me!" Wow! And all these people thought I was crazy. They thought I was on drugs <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, it's a, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great story. And you've never been happier to be picking up garbage. <laughs> right? It's like when you, when that's happening in the background, you're like, I'll pick up everybody's garbage. Don't worry about right. it. You're so picking happy. Picking up hard, yeah, hard. Because you knew you weren't going to be doing it for too much longer, I'm sure. <laughs> so so and now that being oh, no. said, Eric. Oh, no, I, I did that for 10 years. But, uh, oh, my goodness. But let me add, but after, when the song comes, when that Is It You came out, I mean, that thing, it, it was top 15, wasn't it? Pop. I think he got to number 12, but I'm not, they, I think they just say top 15. I don't know. Yeah. Was it a whirlwind for you, bro? Well, tell me about that. You, Lee Ray, I know you, you guys went on Solid Gold, am I right? Yeah, we did the Solid Gold. That was lip sync. You know, that yeah. was all just, yeah. we did. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Merv Griffin's show. Wow. We did Mike Douglas. Right. And we did Amer- American Bandstand. Wow. So I actually talked with Dick Clark on the show. On, what did he say to you? Do you remember? What did he say air. to you? What, what did he say to you? I forget. He said, was there anything crazy on your last tour or something? I said, well, both Lee and I had to get our haircuts, our hairs cut, uh-huh. our haircuts <laughs> in Singapore, you know, on that tour that we were, we were, our hair was too long for Singapore. Really? This is 1981. You, you so we had to get our haircuts there. And I think that's what I mentioned to uh, Dick Clark, the craziest thing happened. I, I couldn't think at the time. You know, know, you go blank. I know, I know. You're right. Wow, that, that's amazing. <laughs> so it was like a whirlwind for you when that when that song came out, right? You guys went all over the world. Did, uh, I'm sure he toured. For that we did a Far East, uh, Far East tour starting in Hawaii, Japan. We went to Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, back to Japan, uh, played a whole bunch there. And then we did an American leg the next that next summer. Uh-huh. I guess it was 82. I'm not sure. It might have been summer 81. We, we did a tour of America where we played small towns and stuff. Right. We didn't, uh, we mostly opened up for Al Jarreau, which was a ah, treat for me. Wow. I got to hear how Al warms up backstage and wow. and uh, he was a great, great uh, mentor to me. Just, uh, did you just become, to see how he does it, you know. Did you become friends with Al? Yeah, he, he had a great band. Man, that was the morning, uh, oh, morning the album. Radio, yeah, the right? Jarreau, the Jarreau yeah. album. Wow. Riff Garden, all that stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, what a singer! It's unbelievable. Does anyone so we want some fun? <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> love that. We were lucky to open up for him. We kind of wow. sounded the same style a little bit because he that was a pop album. Yeah, he wasn't I was doing say. a lot of jazz then, but right, more pop right. stuff. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna say very, very similar to what Al was doing at the time, you know, like especially uh, uh, we're in this love together, which was his biggest. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. Yeah, wow. they did that one. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead. So, that, so that, start, we, that started your relationship with Rit. And how long has that relationship been going? So, I mean, when's the last time you guys did something together? Yeah, oh, you know, we, we, we just talked a couple months ago, but uh, he was in town. He called me that day and said, hey, we're playing tonight. Can you sit in? I said, uh. can you give me, like, one more day's notice or something? <laughs> <laughs> But the last time he had come through was 2014 or 15, uh-huh. the same kind of deal. He said, hey, why don't you come sit in, you know? Right. And, uh, so that is the actual last time that uh, hmm. that we played together. Was, he had I just had heart surgery recently, hasn't he? I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, he, he had an aortic that. valve replacement. You're kidding. Yeah, I just read that somewhere, very fresh. Man, um, we're yeah. too young. We're too young for that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Well, 
Oh, I better call him. Those things, yeah, maybe give him a call. Uh, well, I'm sure he's fine. I, I, it was an article I read in some guitar magazine or something um, very recently. Wow. Well, we hadn't seen each other in so long. I didn't even know that he had a son that was old enough to play in his band. Wow. Oh, wow. So that tells you. We didn't see each other for about 30 years. Really? Okay. Just off and on, yeah, just oh. uh, here and there. But no, he, he was out there. I never moved to California. Right. I had a family, and uh, I just didn't see myself. You know, all the guys that I was playing with were ri- what I call rich. You know, they're they're very successful musicians. Yeah. The Lee's, Lee's band, you know. And I was like their pool guy. I mean, I, I was more <laughs> like, that was the level I was on. So if I was going to move out there. You were the landscaping I, guy. Yeah, I would have <laughs> been in a really bad part of town with sending my kids to Hollywood High or something. So I didn't, I didn't move out there. Right. She decided not to do it. And, uh, you know, everybody says that was the stupidest thing I ever did. But, you know, it was, it was a conscious decision, actually. Yeah, it felt right. Ah, things happen for a reason, you know. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So, so was Color Rit the red the last thing you collaborated on? Or, no, I think so. You then then you did Rit too, no? Yeah, Rit too. No, I mean the last did, thing. Oh, the last thing. I'm I know sorry. the, the yeah, last there was thing. Rit too. Rit two together. Rit portrait. Two, Rit two wasn't bad. You guys had promises, promises. That was pretty successful, wasn't it? Well, that was a me and Bill Champlin. Yeah, right, that yeah. Song. yeah. Same formula yeah. as is it you. Now that song, and I and I know that became a club hit. They used club to play, they played that yeah I don't know if they remixed it but they played promises promises in the clubs look at that yeah that's funny. oh yeah yeah uh, wrote that originally in Holland and that song has been through so many changes that you can't even recognize it the way it started and the way it well, ended up on that's that right totally. uh, you, on dreamwalking I noticed that that it's a it's a, it's a different version than the one that on writ too right Right, Lee wanted to put his uh, two cents in on the song, and ah. so to get it on the album, he wanted to to write some, and I really liked the way it turned out, actually. But, I actually, uh, you want to know the truth? If you ask me which one I like better, I like the one that's on Rit too. Yeah, mm. it was a little faster and a little mm-hmm. uh, a little peppier, you know. Yep, yep, big time. So I like that part of it, but uh, you know, I go for the original. But, so, uh, so tell me about Dreamwalking. Dreamwalking. Tell, tell, walk, walk us through there, through that album. That was an afterthought. And the, the Japanese um, knew we were coming to uh, tour the Rit album, right? So during the time that we were over there, we, uh, we um, or Lee, you know, made a deal with uh, a record company to mm-hmm. do an album with me, and Lee was to produce it. So during that summer, somehow we found the time to uh, to put I don't know 11 songs together and right. uh, record my my third solo album, I guess. Right. And it was all done in L.A. So after we picked the songs, I went back to Dallas, mm-hmm. and I didn't even hear what they turned into until I came back to do the vocals. Uh, you know, m- maybe a month later. So when I heard them all, it was like, oh my gosh, you, what did you do? But, uh, well, you know, I like to be a little closer touch. But, uh, right. of course, they had all four star players on it. So okay. uh, some of the songs I thought ended up really good and uh, was really proud of that album. Just the quality of, uh, it's excellent. of everything. What did you, what did you not like about it? What were you shocked by? Oh, there was a couple of songs that were totally uh, not like I had envisioned. Well, you know, I wrote them. Right. So uh, uh, by the time I got back out there, they'd all changed to uh, some of them in uh, less than less than my favorite uh, way. But direction, uh, it, it took a different direction that obviously you weren't crazy about. Am I right? Uh, the one song that pops out at me is uh, the song "Cry Baby." It's supposed to be like a Todd Rundgren style. Hmm. song and it just didn't end up that way and i didn't really know what to do with that one when i had to sing it but uh that's the one that i just can't really listen to now but uh, wow it's a shame it's better when you're part of it you know and just stay in the daily grind you know getting to put your two cents in absolutely yep but uh, i really appreciate lee and the work he put on that album it's just the perfect timing to get to get that done right then 
And then, I mean, I, I remember there's another album that I, I didn't even know about, honestly, until recently when I've been looking around for, for Yacht Rock songs. Sunset Driver? Okay, that was on, no, that was on uh, Banded Together. Right. That, that was a Yeah, album. that's on Banded Together. That, that's a Rid album, correct? From 84. From 84. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then we worked on uh, the album after that. You just mentioned it. What was it? Um, Portrait comes after that? Yeah, Portrait. Now, that had a song called uh, Turn the Heat Up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually the last song that I sang. Uh, the song you're talking about on Color Writ was actually sung by Phil Perry. Yeah, you just composed it, right? Yeah. So that's actually an Yvonne Lentz song. So it's a Brazilian guy that wrote the music, yeah. and we had to find new lyrics for it. So I wrote the lyrics. Oh. Was, it frustrating? Was it frustrating for you back? It's something I didn't like about the record uh, back then. Like, for example, when you did Lee Rittenauer's album, uh, it, on the radio stations, they wouldn't mention your name was that frustrating for you no no that didn't bother no. you no I, I think singing outside the window in the video was more frustrating no, <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't mind uh, okay. i was really happy to be there i mean I got you. those Credit guys that yeah. we were playing with they just took me up a couple of rungs just playing with them just to see how they work yeah, just to yeah, see yeah. their right. level their you know professionalism was, uh, was was a real treat so uh, it was no problem not getting my name mentioned uh, I'm unknown in America really well so. you, you and you and Joe Pizzullo were two guys that very similar yeah, me and Joe yeah, I said that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're in that graduating class are you friends with Joe Pizzullo no, I've never met him. Really? Oh, you never met him? Wow. No, I heard on the YouTube, you know, that's, the only, that's where I hear people. And let yeah, me I'm tell saying, you There something. was a time I thought he sang, is it you? He, uh, yeah, that's funny. No, he sounds a little bit like James Ingram. And but there's also a time I thought that Eric sang, never going to let you go. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. But well, it's funny, he, bro, he's impossible to reach, man. Joe Pizzullo is like off the grid. Yeah. Really? Yeah, man. It's, it, it I wasn't guess he hard. made his money. Uh, made his money and got out to the country or something. I guess, I guess, and I guess he doesn't want to be bothered. Isn't you know that what the I mean? goal? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd love to, you know, whatever. I'd love to to, to interview him, but he's very hard to reach. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah. Not man. even on Facebook, huh? Uh, I don't know him, and, and you know who else is a guy? Is a guy now that we're talking on this real briefly, Joey Scarberry. He's the one that sang, "Believe It or Not, I'm Walking oh, yeah. on Him." He's oh, off that's my the, daughter's. My daughter's favorite song. I really? Think, growing up, he's <laughs> off the grid. The last, and the one thing I do know about, he was, believe it or not, he was a car salesman. That he's doing, really? Yeah, that's what. It, yeah. Hey, yeah, listen, you got to do something. You got to do something, right? You know? It's better than landscape. I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, depends on how you look at it. <laughs> I'm so, a horrible so, salesman, by the way. Uh, so from '82, is it true? Is it? I don't know. I have my notes here, but. Through My Eyes in 97. Is that the next effort on your part as a solo album after Dreamwalker? Yes. Yeah, wow, 15, that long, huh? 15 years yeah, in between wow. uh, why, Dreamwalking. Eric? Why? You just, why? I, uh, well, at that time, I had become a uh, worship leader. So I got out of the oh, okay. nightclub. Uh, I got out of the nightclubs and just, and I started playing at church. Uh, and uh, so there, there were five or ten years went by and just, you know, Right. Just getting into that whole world, and uh, mm. I was a worship leader for about 23 years. Oh, so, yeah. wow. and that's what I was doing instead of uh, living in California. Gotcha. Good thing we refrain but, from profanity today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I decided to sing for God's glory instead of my own. Yeah. Very good. And there's your answer why he wasn't bothered when they didn't announce his name on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so on, on through my eyes, you got Joseph Williams, which is a, a Toto, you know, Toto Ooh. staple, a Yacht Rock staple. Your brother Larry again on bass. Um, as a bass player, I also noticed you had Lance Morrison in on bass. Um, and oh, you know, uh, yeah. and Champlin yeah. again. Champlin's on all, all my stuff. Yeah, he was yeah, on yeah, Dreamwalking, yeah. all over that. And he's uh, he and Joe Williams. We're uh, all the backgrounds on uh, Through My Eyes. 
So we had a blast doing those backgrounds. Have you checked that out, Ed? No. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna love that. Joseph Williams, come on. Wait, the 1970, the, the, 90, 90, the 97 album. I have. Through my eyes. So you have. A few years ago, I checked it out. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I, I got to revisit it. Yeah, I wasn't sure you checked it out. No, I have to revisit it definitely. There's a lot it of music out on. there, man. Yeah, you did a, you, you did a lot of great stuff, Eric. And a, and what's funny that a lot of it is yachty as you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> Yeah, man. All as these yachty as the hot place. Yeah, I was gonna say yachty as you know what, but I don't want to go there. Yeah, but yeah, man, it, oh, it's amazing how the yacht rock thing. Oh, I wanted to ask you about that. So, what do you think about this whole yacht rock thing? Do you like it? Do you uh, em- embrace it, or are you like ah, whatever? What's your What's your uh, take you know, on it? You know, people classify things. That's just what they do. So you know. They'd put you in a pigeonhole, you know, and that's and the, <laughs> then you're true. in that style. I, I, always, I first heard it was West Coast, what it was called. Yeah, West. It that's is. right. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. it is. And then a few years later, people started calling it Yacht Rock. 2005. So, uh, yep. Yep. Kind of the same. I was happy that Steely Dan was in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good company. But they're, I don't know if they're really West Coast, or, you know, or Yacht Rock sound or why they're in that that genre sometimes well asia was recorded in la so they got it's let me they got special let me give you the recognition let me give you the definition of of yacht rock the reason why especially you you're a heavy contender in in the in the subgenre is because it's a pop song infused with jazz r&b and sometimes even disco so the grooves it has to have a fender Rhodes. Uh, great musicians like uh, obviously the Toto guys, the Champlins. Bill Champlin is, is another heavyweight in the, Foster, in the yacht rock. Graydon, Foster, Graydon, Steely Dan. You see what I'm saying? Christopher yeah. Cross. Well, mostly, you know, mostly California type. That feel yeah, yeah. Yeah. is yeah. just that California feel. Everything's a little slick. You know, everything's yeah, a little yeah, sure, slick. Yeah. There you it know is. What I mean? You nailed it. That's my favorite. But, uh, that's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I like it too. I uh, like it too. Well, why do you think? I, I see disco always got a bad rap, but you know, I, I I disagree with people. I have I play some of these classic disco records that sound incredible. Yeah, you right, Eric. You know what I'm talking about. You know. Well, yeah. Disco was putting a lot of my friends out of business. So I, I, I never. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, why? You know, you could hire a band for 600 bucks, but you get a DJ, it costs $800, ah, and, and yeah. he replaced five guys, That's you know, true. so yeah. I was putting all these guys out of business, That's and uh, my, my, my friends were like dropping like flies, going wow. back into the business world and stuff. They thought it was over, you know, so, nah. but really we just had to wait like a decade for it to kind of subside, you yeah. know. Were you a fan? Not really. Okay. No. I'd, I'd, I'd like to no. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not a dancer, so right. you know, I didn't, I didn't go to discos to dance. Okay, but, so you uh, were never at Studio Fifty Four. No. Okay. No. I had to ask that because you, you were definitely old enough. Let me. Uh, here's the thing: Who are your influences as far as singers? Who did you listen to? Well, Champlin. <laughs> Besides Champlin. Okay, uh, going way back, uh, yeah. Elton John. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Elton, okay. Todd Rundgren. Uh, Hello, sure. it's me. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Laura Nero, Johnny oh, Mitchell. Johnny Mitchell. Of course, Johnny. Sure. And uh, then I uh, found Stevie Wonder. Oh, and, uh, wow. Of course. There's the fusion right there. Yeah. All through the years, I've loved Stevie's songs. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Bill Champlin, you already know about. What do you, yeah. what do you, th- let me name some singers. What do you think of Daryl Hall? Oh, I think he's great. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I think he's great. Uh, he's, Does uh, Eric remind you of Daryl Hall? Yeah, you mentioned that twice. You, already, you remind me a, a little bit of the the, the phrasing, that sick the phrasing you guys, the articulation. Well, we probably listen. We probably listen to the same records. Sure, sure. Yeah. I've I've discovered him in '73, the abandoned luncheonette. Yeah, you that go. That album. That's right. And uh, they were doing the same kind of stuff I was trying to do. That's kind right. of an R&B, a little bit R&B oriented. Pop songs. Yeah, that's so right. I thought they were great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Then they got real big, and you know, I never. Oh, yeah. Oh, you God. know, I, yeah. then I dropped and That ruins them because, everything. Yeah, I like the underdog. <laughs> the 80s, <laughs> but, they yeah. took it They took it by storm. Yeah. How are you going to answer the call? You got to oh answer the call. God. Hey, quite a, a few hits. Oh, my Lord. Yes. 
and not many people can do that you know uh, think about it the people like Elton John that have you know stood the test of time you know amazing so Eric exactly. in 2010 you had Time for a Miracle the other the next solo album after 97 and uh, tell us something about that well uh I got on Facebook. I think that's what that was. Uh, I, I'd never gotten on Facebook before. I got on Facebook and I started connecting with uh, some Japanese friends. Oh. And the next thing I know, they they want uh, a master from me. So I didn't have a master. And so I was, I had to put uh, songs. These are my demos, okay? This is what I do at my house. I play all the instruments. I sing all the vocals. and. That's how you know, I let somebody hear the song, how it's going to sound. But that's all I had laying around. So I took those to a friend of mine and said, make them into a master. Right. <laughs> and so uh, that's how that album came to be. And that was like my first day on Facebook or something. I said, what? what? Why did it take me so long to go on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those were just demos, you know, that I had. So, um, yeah, I'm not proud of it in that way, but um, I was glad that, to get some songs out there again. Sure, but, uh, yeah, sure. Eric, what about, so as far as I, I want to go back to Is It You, Is It You, does, do you still see royalties from Is It You uh, today? Yeah, I just said it's no, all no, fault. No, but, yeah, but I mean, no, but <laughs> I'm saying, still, how, it, still how, how is it? it? Yeah, go ahead. They still play it, but uh, wow. no, streaming, mostly income is from streaming, right, and right. that's just not, Pennies. not making it. It's yeah, not making fractions it. of a penny. That's disgusting. Yeah. That, that's wrong. That's just completely wrong. You know? So, but, Eric, uh, in, indulge me here. There's a video on YouTube um, of, uh, you know, you guys lip syncing. I think it's the official video of Is It You? And I think Ritz wearing, like, this fuchsia purple sweatshirt. And they pan over to you, and you're actually playing oh, that's right. a late 70s Music Man Stingray bass. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. That, was I, that your bass? Was that yours? Our Nathan uh, East was supposed to show up and play bass or something, but I, I think he couldn't do it until yeah. last minute or something. So they they stuck me with the bass. I don't know where it came from. Oh, I thought wow. I was going to ask you if it's yours. It I want to buy it if you still have it. Yeah, it was just a prop. But uh, I knew Abraham's bass part. I knew I knew the part. Right. I yeah. mean, uh, he was excellent. So it is Abe Laboreal on that track. Yeah, it was uh, Abe. Uh, yeah. Got thump. Yeah, Good yeah. thump. Basically, that's all it does. But. Right. <laughs> wow. That's great. So, any plans for any more music so, to come yeah, out? So, what's happening with Eric Tag now? Tell us. I got married four years ago. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, no, we're loving, uh, we're loving retirement. I'm still, and we're not 70 years old yet. I know. You're, si two. you're 69, right? 69 i got yeah. two kids in their 50s you're exactly so. you're exactly 10 years older than me hmm. really yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. that's why that's why i told you were my influence you were one of my influences back then when you wow know. yeah sure. man yeah good deal I, let me tell you eric i personally i got to tell you man it's really an honor to speak with you my friend you know thank I, you sir right now please it's it's it, it, your voice always I, I, uh, it's a deep thing for me. Joe knows. Yeah, Eddie sought you out for this interview because you were so important. I said, I have to speak to this man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I've loved his voice and what you do. And, and I love the, how humble you are. That, that makes it yeah, even more grandioso <laughs> to me. So God bless you, my friend. And thank you. Well, thank you for uh, trying. Well, you, you you've been me? trying to get in touch with me for a while. And, my pleasure, uh, my you friend. Know. My pleasure. I tell you. You mates. know, my. Go ahead. My wife is a, a trucker, and uh, really? so I was. I was on when we got married. We went out on the road, and I was on the road with her for eight months wow. in the truck. So, uh, you wow. know, if somebody was trying to get a hold of me, uh, it was probably really hard. But uh, we wrote a bunch of songs together in the truck, <laughs> driving around the country. That's but, great. Uh, That's great, man. Loving that. Loving that. So are you recording now at all? Are you doing anything? Or are, are you, like, out of the business? What, what's the story? I just want to know as far as that. I don't know. You know, I guess you're in the business when when you're recording, right? Right. But, uh, I'm just writing. I, I haven't recorded even at home and since I've been married. So 
So I, I've got all these songs stacked up, and, and so I don't forget them. I write a lead sheet. Do you, you know, think you'd them. ever work with Lee again? Oh sure, yeah, that uh, would be no problem. I, I would love that to would see that. That would be no that. problem. That, that, what In a fact, treat. He, he asked me for a tape the last you know time we talked a month ago, whenever that was. Oh, Spout out. Do it, man. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do it again. Ah, that'd be great, man. That'd be great. Well, Eric, listen, man. I first of all, I, I just I want to thank you for your time. For, for your sure. time, my friend. Full hour here with no problem. Tag. Uh, What a pleasure, my friend, and thank you. I'm I'm completely so again. I'm honored, and thank you for taking the time out to speak with Joe and I here on the Yacht Rock no, Show. No, I'm I'm honored, and and thank you so much for for thinking about me. Thank it's you. Really son. nice. All right, man. Okay, Eric. Talk to you soon. All right. Be well. Talk to you soon, guys. Be All well, right. my friend. Ciao, man. See you. Bye, bye, Eddie. So there you have it. What a nice guy. What a sweet guy. Wow. wow. I'm telling you, I'm really, really, I'm touched. You know, uh, Eric has always been, for me, badass singer. And now I, I to, to finally have the chance to speak with him, what a humble man. huh? Yeah. Living uh, a very simple lifestyle Love now. that. Love it. Love it. Enjoying awesome. his success. That's right. It's great. So, uh Folks, we have a bunch of songs that, you know, I, Joe and I want to go over. Uh, Yachty Discoveries. There's so many interesting things that, that, you know, that we've, you know, stumbled upon. In the last two years yeah, or so. <laughs> yeah, there's so much, so much stuff that I want to. But, uh, you know, we also want to get these interviews in. But I, uh, right now, I, I figure let's, let's see who's not on tour. There's a couple of guys that I want to do that, that I don't want to mention names. Yeah, there was the one that we were supposed to get right yeah, before we went on hiatus. Right. And, uh, I think he's probably out right now, But I right? think he's out now, yeah. So I'm going to try to reach out to him to see what's the story with that. But either way, we will definitely hope you guys enjoyed. We sure did. Right? Was, I did, yeah. It was fun. It was great. Awesome. Um, and I know that Eric doesn't make many interviews. So I feel kind of special. <laughs> So right. with that, Joe and I will catch you on the next Yacht Rock, Rock Show. Show. See ya. You've been listening to Eddie Gans on the Yacht Rock Show podcast. Thanks for listening. And tune in next week for more of your Yacht Rock favorites.